You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Wednesday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. It's time for our comprehensive primer to get us ready for the Bills' next opponent, so let's get started with the nuts and bolts. The Buffalo Bills have a road date with the New Orleans Saints in Week 12. The game will be played on Thursday, November 25th at 8.20 p.m. Eastern Time at Caesars Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana, so... Thanksgiving night football, the Bills once again are featured a few years ago. That went pretty good. Big time win over the Dallas Cowboys. Josh Allen played great. And we all enjoyed a wonderful close to our Thanksgiving holiday. Let's hope that happens again. The game will be broadcasted on NBC. Mike Tirico is on the play-by-play. Drew Brees is the game analyst. And Michelle Tafoya is the sideline reporter. The two teams have played 11 times previously, and the Bills have a 4-7 all-time record against New Orleans. Under Sean McDermott, the Bills are 0-1 against the Saints. They played back in 2017, a game that the Bills lost 47-10. The Saints had 298 rushing yards that game on 48 attempts, 6.2 yards per carry. Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara both topped 100 rushing yards in the game. The Bills enter this game at 6-4. The Saints are 5-5 and and have lost their last three games after a 4-2 start. Their five wins have come against the Packers, Patriots, Washington football team, Seattle, and Tampa Bay. Their losses have come to the Panthers, Giants, Falcons, Titans, and Eagles. The game will be played in a dome, so... Weather will not be a factor. The head coach for the New Orleans Saints is Sean Payton, 57 years old. He's in his 15th season as the head coach of the Saints. He has a career record of 148-86 and a 9-8 record in the playoffs. He's challenged 120 plays in his career and 154 of them. So far this season, the Saints are 12th in the NFL in penalties with 61 The Bills are 26th with 75. He became the Saints head coach in 2006, and before that he was the assistant head coach and quarterback coach for the Dallas Cowboys from 2003 to 2005. He was the Giants offensive coordinator from 2000 through 2002 and the Eagles quarterbacks coach from 1997 through 1998. The quarterback for this team is Trevor Simeon, Jameis Winston is their preferred starter, but he has a torn ACL, and he's out for the season. Simeon is 29 years old. He's 6'3", 220 pounds, was a seventh-round pick of the Denver Broncos in 2015 out of Northwestern. So far in his career, he started 28 games, and before this year, he started none in 2020, one in 2019, zero in 2018, 10 in 2017, and 14 in 2016, none in 2015. So you can see a big part of his starting experience came back in 2016 and 2017 
when he was with Denver and really hasn't played much before that or since then, except for this year when Jameis Winston went down and now he's been the starting quarterback for the last several games. For his career in those 28 starts, his teams are 13 and 15. And so, look, I I know that he's not a high-level player, but he's been around 500 when he starts. And I think that's kind of what you're looking for when it comes to your backup quarterback. So far in 2021, he's completing 56.9% of his passes, has 920 passing yards, eight touchdowns, two interceptions, and a passer rating of 88.9 in four games that he's played in, and he has a career passer rating of 81. Now, when I give you these metrics coming up, just understand that they rank out of 37 quarterbacks so far that have attempted at least 100 passes. So anytime I say he's 10th in the NFL, just understand that means 10th out of 37 quarterbacks who have attempted at least 100 passes so far this year. So his average time to throw is 2.75 seconds, which is 19th in the NFL, very much middle of the pack. When he gets the ball out in under 2.5 seconds, he has a completion percentage of 61.4 and a passer rating of 102.7. When he holds onto the football a bit longer, over 2.5 seconds, his completion percentage goes down to 52.7 and his passer rating goes down to 75.8. So significant dips in completion percentage and passer rating when he's forced to hold on to the football for more than two and a half seconds. And so he's not necessarily a super quick triggered guy. And one of the ways that you can decrease his ability to produce is by forcing him off that first read, have him work full field progressions, and the production's not nearly as good. His average depth of target this year is 8.5 yards, which is 21st in the NFL. 11.8% of his attempts are 20-plus yards down the field, which is 16th in the NFL. But here's what's interesting. He has a completion percentage on deep passes. And when I say deep passes, I mean 20 yards or more in terms of that target down the field. He's completing 47.1% of those attempts, which is 6th best in the NFL. And he has a passer rating of 1326 which is crazy good. That's second best in the NFL. So he's not throwing the football down the field a lot, but when he is, he's having a lot of success. When it comes to play action, this is really interesting as well. Only 19.1% of his dropbacks are play action. That's extremely low. 33rd in the NFL. Very infrequent thing that he does for the Saints. And when he does, the results are bad. Now, typically quarterbacks are better when they have play action, but not Simeon. His passer rating with play action is 62.4, which is 34th in the NFL. I mean, he's markedly better without play action. So it makes a lot of sense why they're not doing much play action, but it's it's also kind of weird that he doesn't find extra production, right? Like most quarterbacks, when they have play action, their production goes up. For Simeon, it goes way down. Here's another thing that's weird about Simeon. When he's kept clean, he's completing 61% of his passes, 6.1 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 88.7. That passer rating when kept clean is 30th in the NFL. When he's under pressure, he's completing 44.1% of his passes, so a little bit of a dip there, but 7.4 yards per attempt, which is 
like a, more than a full yard more, and a passer rating of 89.3, which is third best in the NFL when he's pressured. 89.3. I mean, some of this stuff just doesn't make sense. Part of it could be just that the sample size is pretty limited, but this is still kind of crazy. So the big takeaways here from digging into Simeon is that when he holds onto the football, he becomes worse. He doesn't throw the football down the field very often, but when he does, he's quite successful. He stinks at play action passes. He's not great when he's kept clean, but when he's under pressure, he's also not that bad. So <laughs> make sense of all that, if you will. It's Thanksgiving, and we know what that means. Football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to their new updated website and sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus when you use our promo code LOCKED ON. And it's not just football. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and bet online is where the game starts. The offensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints is Pete Carmichael. He's been the Saints offensive coordinator since 2009. He's had a top 10 offense every year from 2009 through 2019. They were 12th last year. So far in 2021, they're scoring 25.1 points per game, which is 14th. In the NFL, they're converting 38.3% of their third downs, which is 22nd. They score a touchdown on 70.3% of their red zone trips, which is third best in the NFL, so a very good scoring team uh, when it comes to touchdowns in the red zone. They average 321 yards per game, which is 24th, 118 rushing yards per game, which is 13th, and 203 passing yards per game, which is 26th. Now let's talk about this personnel, and it's a little bit challenging to talk about their personnel because they've got a lot of injuries. They've got a lot of guys on the injury report, and we've already talked about that their starting quarterback is not available, and there are several players when it comes to their offense that are very much in jeopardy when it comes to playing on Thursday night. So we'll talk through this the best we can. At running back, it's supposed to be Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Well, Kamara hasn't practiced all week with a knee injury. Mark Ingram, he was a limited participant on Monday and Tuesday. He did not practice. And so who knows if those guys are going to be available on Thursday. They're both veterans. They've both been in this system for a long time. And so I don't think that they necessarily have to practice before playing on Thursday. But, um, you know, Kamara didn't play this past week. Ingram did. It's just hard to gauge who's going to be available and who won't be. Obviously, Kamara, if he's healthy, he's one of the best running backs in the game. And he's not just a good runner, but he's an amazing receiver. So he's a dual threat type of back, catches the ball, can run it between the tackles, can run outside the tackles. Amazing vision, amazing contact balance. So we'll see if he's available. It doesn't look like he will be, but we'll see. Now, 
the backs that we know will be available are Dwayne Washington, Tony James, and Ty Montgomery. And so you have to feel pretty good about that. I mean, those are like third-string caliber running backs. So I know the Bills just got embarrassed by Jonathan Taylor. They struggled with Derrick Henry. But if they don't have Ingram or Kamara, you have to think that the Bills can handle these running backs. When it comes to their wide receivers, Michael Thomas, their number one receiver, he's out. He's he's out for the year. And so that leaves them with Traquan Smith, Marquez Calloway, and Deontay Harris as their top receiving options. Those are more like wide receiver threes, wide receiver fours. Traquan Smith is a good blocker. He's a physical possession style receiver. Callaway is kind of a do-everything guy, but he's not been that consistent. He doesn't have a ton of production so far in the NFL. He's kind of streaky in the preseason, and there was some hype there, but his production has been pretty modest. Now, Deontay Harris, he's electric, but he's more of a return guy, and he doesn't really have much polish as a receiver. Now, that's not to say that they won't find ways to get him the ball. They should. I mean, he's explosive, but most of his damage comes in the return game. So, Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway. At tight end, they'd love to have Adam Troutman. He's their starting tight end. He won't be available. So, it's most likely going to be Nick Vanette, who's bounced around the league quite a bit, more of a tight end three type player. And so, when you look at these weapons, they're without their starting quarterback. It looks like they're going to be without their starting running back, perhaps their top two running backs. They don't have their number one receiver. They don't have their number one tight end. Their offensive line also has question marks. When this offensive line's healthy, it's probably one of the best five in the NFL, maybe the best one of the best three. But they don't have their guys. At left tackle, their preferred starter is Taron Armstead, who is one of the best left tackles in the NFL. He didn't play on Sunday, and he's been a limited participant in practice so far this week. And if he doesn't go, the guy that started on Sunday is Landon Young. And Landon Young is like a third-string caliber offensive tackle. At left guard, they'd love to have Andrus Pete. That's their starter. That's the guy they're paying a ton of money. He's out. He's not available. Calvin Throckmorton instead is going to be available, and he's been the starter there at left guard. That's an opportunity for the Bills to uh, make some noise. At center, they got a rock-solid center in Eric McCoy. They've got a really good right guard in Cesar Ruiz, who was their first-round pick a couple of years ago. And then at right tackle, Ryan Ramchek is their preferred starting right tackle, and he's one of the best. I mean, he might be the best right tackle in the NFL. He's been out all week with a knee injury. He didn't play on Sunday. And so that means James Hurst is probably going to be they're starting right tackle. And if that's the case, that's another player that the Bills have to be able to take advantage of. So injuries everywhere in this offense. Quarterback, running back, tight end, receiver, offensive tackle, guard. I mean, the whole the whole friggin' offense is, is literally injured. I mean, they don't have anything close to what they want to have out there. So what are my keys for the Bills' defense against the Saints' offense? Number one is get ready for them to run the football. Go back to that 2017 game where the Bills nearly gave up 300 rushing yards to the Saints. 
You don't think Sean Payton remembers that? You don't think Sean Payton's fully aware of what the Colts did to the Bills last week? The Bills are going to face aggressive run offenses until they prove they can handle it. And so get ready for the Saints to run the football and then run the football and then run the football some more. So number one is get ready to stop the run. Number two is do your best to make Trevor Simeon beat you. We know that they're going to want to run the football. We know what happened last week. We know what happened in 2017. You've got to find a way to crowd the box and challenge a backup quarterback with below average weapons with a banged up offensive line that's pieced together, force that quarterback to beat you. Invite them to throw the football. So stop the run and make Trevor Simeon beat you. And the last thing I have down is you better, I mean you better be able to take advantage of these offensive tackles should Taron Armstead and or Ryan Ramchek not be available. I mean, you need to feast on these guys. You've got first-round pick in Greg Rousseau, two recent second-round picks in Boogie Basham and A.J. Epinesa, two veterans in Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes. If you can't make those offensive tackles look silly, then you aren't going to make any offensive tackle look silly. So if they don't have their top guys in Armstead and Ramchek, you need to exploit. You need to exploit that. That should be a clear advantage for your football team. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it doesn't taste like one. You've got to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you're going to enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein, so all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. Another great thing about Built Bar, there are so many mouth-watering flavors including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry, so many great flavors, and you know I've got a deal for you. Go to Built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. The defensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints is Dennis Allen, 49 years old. He's been their defensive coordinator since 2015, and they've been a top half of the league defense every year since 2018, top 14 or better in scoring defense every year since 2017. Prior to becoming the Saints defensive coordinator, he was the Raiders head coach from 2012 through 2014. He was a defensive assistant with the Saints from 2006 to 2010. He was the uh, Falcons defensive assistant from 2002 to 2005. So far in 2021, they are allowing 21.8 points per game, which is 10th best in the NFL, 342 total yards per game, which is also 10th. Very good run defense here, 89.9 rushing yards per game, which is third, and 252 passing yards per game, which is 22nd. 
Now, when you break down this personnel, it's a lot more encouraging than what they are offering right now on offense. On the uh, defensive line, looking at the defensive tackles, their top guy is David Anyamata, who's a stud. And then they have Shy Tuttle, who's an emerging player. And then a couple of rotational pieces in Josiah Bronson and Christian Ringo. But the main guy there on the interior is David Anyamata, very good pass rusher, plays really hard, really good football player. At defensive end, their, their number one defensive end is Cameron Jordan. He's been a steady presence for them for a long time. I think he's putting together a Hall of Fame career. I think he's an absolute stud. One of the most powerful defensive ends in the NFL, one of the most technically refined. He's got an array of pass rush moves. I mean, he's an absolute stud. And so maybe you don't watch the Saints a ton, but my goodness, you're in for a treat watching Cameron Jordan play. He's really good. Now, opposite of him is Marcus Davenport, a first-round pick a few years ago. They traded multiple first-round picks to go up and get him. He had a slow start to his career, but he's really coming on. He's leading the team in pressures, and he's getting after it. You can see the physical traits starting to turn into production. Uh, With that said, he's got a shoulder injury. He hasn't practiced all week, and so his status is very much up in the air for Thursday. And then they have a couple of rotational players in Carl Granderson and Jalen Holmes behind them. At linebacker, they got one of my favorite players in the entire NFL, Demario Davis, absolute stud. Um, one of the best five linebackers in the game in my mind. The way he plays downhill, the way he processes, the way he disrupts coverage lanes by rerouting receivers and getting hands on guys and just being disruptive in everything he does. Physical, urgent, bonafide stud. And then uh, next to him is Quan Alexander on the second level. At cornerback, they got one of the best corners in the game in Marshawn Lattimore. Opposite of him is Paulson Adebo, a rookie out of Stanford, and they're playing P.J. Williams in the slot. They'd love to have uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who's on injured reserve, and he's one of the best slot defenders in the NFL. He won't be available in this game, so it'll be P.J. Williams in the slot, and they are working in some Bradley Roby, who they traded for earlier this season. And so good mix of young players and proven vets there when it comes to their cornerback situation. And then their safeties are uh, are an interesting group. They've got Marcus Williams, who's one of the best free safeties in the NFL, tremendous ball skills, and then Malcolm Jenkins, who's a longtime veteran, downhill-type player, physical presence, a leader. You know, he doesn't have the same type of range he's had in the past. You don't really love him in man coverage, but he can play downhill, trigger, and tackle. And so they're not a super deep group on defense, but they've got bona fide studs at every level. Defensive tackle, David Onyemeta. At defensive end, Cameron Jordan and Marcus Davenport, if he's available. Demario Davis at linebacker. Marshawn Lattimore at corner. And Marcus Williams at safety. And so a lot of really talented football players and high-impact football players at every level of this defense. So what are my keys for the Bills on offense against this Saints defense? Number one is stay on schedule. No goofy sacks. Eliminate the negative plays. Don't turn over the football, and don't have pre-snap penalties. Don't beat yourself. So stay on schedule. Number two, drives ending in kicks are okay. It's okay to have a drive that ends in a kick, a punt, an extra point, field goal. Those are good things. So don't feel like you have to score 14 points on one play. Just 
keep playing and understand that if the drive ends in a kick, that's okay. Thursday games tend to be a little sloppy. So just keep that in mind. It's a short week. It's a weird week for preparation. The Bills are on the road. Might not be that crisp of an effort. Now, we've seen the Bills play well on Thursday night football in the past, but weird things tend to happen on Thursday nights. And so just embrace the game script and realize that drives ending and kicks are okay. And the number three is prove you can get out of a rut. Something I think about a lot is Josh Allen after week 17 last year against Miami where Sean McDermott played the starters for a decent amount of the game and the Bills offense started pretty slow and then they turned it on and they wound up scoring like 56 points. And Josh Allen said after the game, he said, we know how to get out of a rut. We know how to get out of a rut. Well, you did last year. You haven't really showed us that this year because you got in a rut against Pittsburgh. You got in a rut against Jacksonville. You got in a rut against the Colts, and you couldn't get out of it. So prove you can get out of a rut. And considering two of the last three weeks, the Bills' offensive production hasn't been good enough, I'm officially putting them in a rut. So go out there and prove that the team that many fear you're becoming isn't who you are. Prove you can get out of a rut like you did last year. All right, real quick on their special teams. Uh, their kicker situation is a mess right now. They've used four different cook kickers this year, and Will Lutz is their preferred kicker, but he hasn't even gotten on the field. And so it's been uh, a number of different guys. They've been inconsistent, uh, both in extra points and in field goals. And so their kicking situation is not a good one right now. Their punter is Blake Gilkin. He was a UDFA in 2020. It's his first season on the job, and he's doing well. 42.3 net yards per punt on average and around 4.3 seconds of hang time. So his metrics check out to be pretty good. Their kick returner is one of the best in the game. Uh, he also handles punts. It's Deontay Harris. He's five foot six, 170 pounds, but he can fly. Dangerous, dangerous return man. And so you have to be careful to not let him affect the game. And, you know, the Saints so far this year are very good when it comes to average starting field possession. And part of that's because they have a good punter. Part of that's because they have a good return guy. So the Bills need to be very mindful of an explosive returner like Deontay Harris on Thursday night. All right, folks, there you have it. The comprehensive primer on the New Orleans Saints, the Bills Thanksgiving night opponent. So don't get uh, too much in a food coma on Thursday that uh, you're falling asleep for the Bills on uh, Thursday night football at 8.20 p.m. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm hoping to uh, cap a wonderful holiday with a Bills win. So uh, we'll cross our fingers and hope that's the case, and we have a victory Friday coming for you here later in the week. But uh, tomorrow on the podcast, we'll be back again. It's going to be a hybrid of sorts. We're going to talk to Banged Up Bills about the injuries. I'm going to talk to Ross Jackson, the host of Locked On Saints, for a crossover preview. I'm going to give you my predictions for the game. So that's all coming your way on Thursday. So we'll be here for you. Um, I'll try to post the podcast as early as I can on Wednesday. That way it'll give you a larger strike zone to listen because I know that Thursday is going to be a big Z day for a lot of people, probably running around, uh, spending time with family. But just know that an episode of Lockdown Bills will be there for you 
if you want it. And so I'll try to post it sometime Wednesday night so you can listen to it Wednesday night, Thursday morning, whenever you're driving you know, back and forth to different family members, it'll be there for you. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you'll take a moment to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.